Welcome back, dear listeners, for another installment of Tarot for the End of Times. As we transition out of iteration one of the pod and enter a brief season of intermission and integration, I wanted to carve out space for a segment that I've been calling interludes, where we explore topics and conversations that may or may not directly relate to the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck, but nonetheless inform the craft and the practice. As students and practitioners of the tarot, it's so important that we find ways to stay rooted in community as well as historical and current events while engaging in the craft. While I cannot and should not be counted on as a reliable real-time news source, like I understand what my lane is, there is value and purpose in contributing what you can from the perimeters of your lane. However, in light of the ongoing genocide in Palestine and the many other humanitarian crises and consequences to colonization that continue to unfold globally, it is imperative that we use all of our tools, and I mean all of them, to dismantle empire brick by brick. As a hoodoo myself, anti-oppression and spiritual solidarity are baked into the DNA of my practice. And this, of course, If you've been a listener for the last couple of years, you'll know that this extends to my tarot practice as well. While I certainly won't claim expertise in this area, it's imperative that we recognize the ways in which unprocessed collective grief and trauma are actively being weaponized by the powers that be to call things like settler colonialism, military occupation, genocide, and white supremacy by another name. May our respective practices fortify our spiritual discernment so that we are not fooled by this global rebranding campaign. May tarot sharpen our senses and alert us to this mass deception. It's on us to continuously engage in right speech and deep listening by centering the voices of those most impacted by interlocking systems of oppression and engaging in Honestly, IRL action and conversations with community members and comrades who are willing and ready to consistently hold us to our word, to our commitments to a liberated world. And we need to be willing and ready to do this ourselves with the people in our lives. As such, this digital space, dear listeners, well, what can I say? It's not a safe space for spiritual bypassing. We as a collective are not exempt from the deeply spiritual implications and consequences of how we choose to show up in this moment when it comes to Palestinian liberation and the liberation of all oppressed peoples across the globe, for that matter. From Palestine to Turtle Island, to Sudan, to Yemen, to Hawaii, to Guam, to the Congo, to Tigray, to Puerto Rico, and every other place shrouded by the looming shadow of empire. May we use everything we got, and I mean everything we got, to ensure that liberation is and continues to be the order of the hour, on the hour, and at every hour, until we are all as free as spirit and the universe made us to be. If the world card has anything to say about liberation, it's that it does not and cannot occur in isolation. 
In many ways, the whole point of the fool's journey is to, yes, return to oneself, but to also locate and return to places of belonging and communion. My freedom is unequivocally bound with yours, and yours with mine. And while our respective practices may differ, there's no denying the invaluable role of spiritual community and companionship as we gauge what it means to be spiritually accountable to ourselves and each other in the movement for liberation. And so it's with all this in mind that I'd like to introduce this episode and our first guest on the show, my beloved partner of the last eight years and spiritual friend for whom I have the utmost regard. Y'all, please welcome Kimi Mojica to the show. Kimi is a process strategist, mindfulness coach, conflict transformation and restorative practices facilitator, and community teacher of the Buddha Dharma with over 20 years of experience stewarding cultural and organizational transformation. They work at the nexus of conflict literacy, leadership and organizational development, and cultural change, applying the principles of conflict transformation and just transitions to facilitate dynamic collaborations across a broad range of industry leaders. Kimi grounds their work in an equity lens that intentionally addresses how systems of power impact connection, relationships, and quality of life. Their commitment to economic, racial, gender, and healing justice is evident through their work as a compelling space holder, sangha builder, and Buddha Dharma community teacher, using their practice as a springboard for liberatory praxis in their professional roles and also their everyday life. This two-part conversation takes place during a partner's retreat that we took over the summer, in large part to talk about the intersections of our respective spiritual practices, especially as they become more and more integrated over the past few years. (laughs) Please be advised that we are a fire sign, air sign couple (laughs) that's been together for nearly a decade, and it absolutely shows in how we engage in conversation with each other. There are going to be a a couple of side stories and there's a bit of meandering in the first half, which is why I highly recommend that you listen to the first and second half of this conversation because it'll all culminate in a way that totally makes sense at the end. (laughs) But for part one, you'll get some behind the scenes insight and context into the world episode and we'll slowly segue into topics around spiritual companionship and interdependence as well as the experience of being taken on someone else's karmic ride. Now, speaking to that piece, we leaned into this metaphor that made complete sense the night before we recorded and also during our conversation. But upon listening to the playback, I realized that that fire air shorthand that we have going on, you know, it could use some clarification. So I'll briefly do that here before we proceed. So, If you've ever felt like you were being taken for a ride on someone else's emotional or more specifically karmic roller coaster, my friend, you've been on what Kimmy and I like to call Splash Mountain. (laughs) Sometimes we have people in our lives who are actively going through a period of karmic fallout. And if you have a pre-existing relationship with that person, particularly if that relationship goes long and deep, Whether or not you explicitly agree to it, you may be taken for a ride on someone else's karmic wheel. In the last few years in my own personal life, I've experienced 
a number of incredibly painful friendship breakups. And it's just now occurring to me, literally two, three years after the fact, why these 10, 15 year relationships came to such unceremonious and abrupt endings. I was taking back-to-back rides on other people's Splash Mountain logs, and I, I could no longer tolerate being hit with their karmic backwash. You know what I mean? In hindsight, what felt like an abrupt ending was in actuality, you know, if I'm being totally honest with myself. It was years in the making, and I thank my ancestors and my Odi for plucking me out of the front seat of those roller coaster cars before it had a chance to, you know, really come down that hill and wipe my ass out, all right? So in a word, what I'll say about this is divine intervention is karmic protection, okay? When my ancestors tell me to get pack in, I trust that it's because they were present for conversations that took place in my absence. Listen, (laughs) having a Mercury ruled chart is totally a double-edged sword. But one thing about me, (laughs) whether or not I fuck around, I'm gonna find out. So (laughs) a lot of the things that we're speaking to uh, speaks to this context. In agreeing to love these people, not just as casual pals, but to love and regard them as spiritual companions, or what the Dharma calls Kalyanamita, I was also, by virtue of this commitment, agreeing to witness and be present for their cycles of spiritual growth and homecoming. But this is decidedly different, okay, from being taken for a ride, right? And taking the hit for someone else's karmic fallout. This is where spiritual discernment and boundaries kick in. Even if the relational harm doesn't originate from you or it's like isn't fully on you, um, usually these things are shared, right? It's still up to you to pump the brakes when it's time and say, you know what, this is where I get off. And that's on spiritual self-accountability. Whether it be platonic, romantic, or familial, this is the kind of risk that we often take with love, is it not? When you sign up to be someone's spiritual companion, when you choose to love them like that, You also open yourself up to that kind of energetic and karmic entanglement. And it takes a certain level of spiritual hygiene and upkeep to ensure that you're not taking on other people's karmic lots as your own. So this is one aspect of what you might learn while taking a ride on Splash Mountain. The flip side of this discussion and some of the questions that I've been grappling with throughout and also in the aftermath of this conversation are... How does one commit to spiritual friendships without losing sight of one's integrity, boundaries, and limits? When consenting to spiritual companionship, how might you negotiate your spot on their Splash Mountain log in ways that allow you to honor your sovereignty, your safety, and the rules of engagement set forth within your specific relational dynamic? So how do you show up for other people that you love without abandoning yourself? This is, again, the essence of what we're trying to get at with this Splash Mountain metaphor. So hopefully this context helps. A quick editor's note, just an FYI, at the very beginning, we talk about the hot springs that we visited, which is the inspiration for the world episode. And Kimmy says with her full fucking chest, uh, (laughs) 
Taverntine Hot Springs, and then I immediately follow suit. So, so I just wanted to clarify for those who are interested, we meant Travertine Hot Springs, okay? Not Taverntine. All right. Like I said earlier, this first half is about dumping all the Legos out the box, and in the second half, you'll get to see how all of these pieces stack up. Lastly, thank you so much for bearing with us with the audio quality. We were definitely recording outside. And while I myself may be a musician, I am not an audio engineer. So <laughs> we're doing the best that we can with what we got. So uh, thank you for your patience around this. And Spotify actually now has a feature for captions. So I invite you to play around there a little bit and see where it's at. Um, I'm testing out a new format to see if that actually um, works for us or not, or if I should continue to put up transcripts online. So I believe most of you listen to the podcast on Spotify. So anyway, just let me know or feel free to DM me at Tarot on Instagram if you have any suggestions or feedback around accessibility, because we are always learning and growing here. All right. So without further ado, please join us for this intimate conversation on Kaliana Mita for the end of times with my illustrious guest, Kimi Mojica. Okay. Good morning, Sarah. (laughs) Good morning, Kimi. Good morning, babe. We are coming up on day five of our, I don't really know what to call this. I feel like it's a partner retreat. I feel like it turned into that. I know that originally we meant to just get the hell out of town and like clear our heads, but also we wanted to spend some time chatting with each other in a more like focused way around our respective spiritual practices because it's been an interesting ride over the last like almost eight years Mm -hmm. um finding areas of convergence and also divergence i have a lot of respect for you as a dharma teacher and a dharma practitioner and i learned so much from you and so much of my work with the podcast and with my tarot practice is informed by the things that i learned from you and so i'm really happy to have you here today on the podcast this is like the first interview this is like off script um so i'm very excited yeah Aww. and the birds are joining in too so the butterflies mm-hmm. and the birds and um, just appreciating being able to have such an expansive conversation actually in an environment that can um, support um, a lot of spaciousness and encouragement and bigger thinking kind of the zooming out we're on the mountains of the sierras and by the river and the water and um, just surrounded by nourishment right yeah i guess we should tell our our listeners like where exactly we're at in this moment so we traveled east right um we traveled east we usually go like north or south to go camping but somehow we just wanted to go east this time and i feel like given a lot of the themes that we've been encountering like as individuals but also at you know in partnership i feel like east made a lot of sense it's the direction of like new beginnings of new starts and you know, as we sort of segue into talking about how, yeah, this this week has been for us, uh, it's just really 
timely to be moving towards new beginnings, new horizons. Mm -hmm. And so my question for you, I guess my first question that I'd like to ask you is like, what's been your favorite part of the trip so far? Mm. This trip has been really full of not just excitement, but surprises and being in a, um, being able to experience the feeling around um, wonder and mm-hmm. awe mm-hmm. and I think it's been um, really interesting that we traveled east to do so an area that you know I'm familiar with um, having been to Yosemite National Park as a child but haven't really explored um, the Sierra's um, mountain range and the land here there's something about being able to be here um, with the energy of the mountain and the energy of the rushing water, given the rainfall that happened this winter, the rivers, the creeks, there's waterfalls everywhere. Things are lush and green. Um, and we were able to see all, like the snow-capped mountains, ice on the mountain water lakes, mm-hmm. and then rushing rivers down to the green hills full of sagebrush. Of, um, I've yeah. never seen sage so abundantly, blue sage in particular, right. across the mountains. It's like rolling hills. Of, bra- of sage. Yeah, it was wild. You know, and I know sage to be, you know, sage is used in many cultures. Blue sage in particular is really unique for being able to call in a kind of protection. Um, I also know that the word like used to remove or exercise Mm -hmm. exercise exercise yeah exercise that which may be not good for you Mm -hmm. toxic negative it kind of brings out and um, expels Mm -hmm. negative energy um things that just need to be let go or do not belong Mm -hmm. um while also keeping you protected and fortified as well Mm -hmm. so to be surrounded by you know, nature literally in transition while we are also experiencing so much change at such a rapid pace and divergence in many places um, with our systems and what is happening out in the world. There's something about being able to come back to the to nature's cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was so wild to see the snow melt. Like, I've never seen that. I mean, I'm a California kid, you know, but I'm, like, Western California, so I don't really see a lot of, like, the snow-capped Sierras, you know. I don't see that often. I think it's... You're coastal. I'm very coastal. I am a coastal babe. So seeing the snow melt from the mountain and also being able to... Like, the, the path that we were taking to drive to our campsite, we were literally following a huge river that was all it was just all snow melt Mm. and it's like mid-july you know Mm. so it's such a trip to see like snow i mean period right again (laughs) coastal babe but like to see the snow melt literally turning into a river and you know turning into this like this life source Mm -hmm. right and it's it was just so beautiful to to be able to witness that like it was just such a scenic drive Mm. do you have like a favorite moment from our our extended camping trip so far 
Mm. One of my favorite moments was actually sitting in these hot springs that we had never been to. Oh, right. What was the name of the hot springs again? Tavertine Hot Springs, um, which in the area of Bridgeport, there's numerous hot springs in the area. That's partially why I wanted to, I was really interested in exploring um, the land out here. Mm -hmm. But we were sitting at the, at these hot springs. We had been searching for some time for a pool. We were actually really ready to turn around and go back, you know, to our campsite because we just felt so fulfilled already. And literally we took a turn and turned around and was going to go back and then saw this beautiful pool. And being able to just sink into, oh my goodness, a big, big antlered deer just coming through that big, big deer energy right there. And just noting us right beyond the post. It's like behind the tree. Big antlers from winter has not dropped its antlers yet. Right, but this is time. I, I don't see it. But oh, it's huge. Right, 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 right. I think that's a. I think that's a buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, buck. This is the time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the tricky thing about the tavertine. What is it? Tavernteen. Yes. Uh, hot springs. It's not really like a a commercial hot springs. It's all oh. just like natural hot springs, and you kind of have. It's a national forest, nice. so you kind of have to go in there and look for these little geysers where you can kind of like plop in. And I remember by the time we got there, it was already dusk, and like I know that you're braver when it comes to like exploring nature at nighttime, but TBH for me, I'm like. <laughs> The nighttime belongs to the spirits. Like, mm. I'm not trying to get stuck in the mountains at night. Like, mm. I'd, be, I'd be scared. Um, but it was really comforting being with you. And I, I would say that was also one of my favorite moments, just watching the sunset um, while literally, like, plopped in a geyser hot springs in this random national forest that we didn't even know about until we got to Bridgeport. So mm. I am really grateful for your explorative uh spirit because it would have been like immediately no for me (laughs) if we got Uh, there like if i was there by myself i would have been like "Mm." what's so interesting to hear you say that just in terms of i know you've been reading the new book by zenju ethel emmanuel right Right, right, right. I, I think it's called Opening to Darkness. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, in a very physical way, there's some risk-taking, there's some fear, there's of the unknown, and we were together. Right. And then we turned around, and oh my gosh, there it was. And I was like, I think, how about just half an hour? Like, I th- we still got some sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, there's something to be sitting in hot geyser water which comes from the heat in the core of the earth like literally fire and air together <laughs> we're sitting there you know yeah just we are a fire sign air sign couple that's that's the reference <laughs> yes thank you thank you yeah yeah but sitting there almost yeah boiling clearing like what happens when you just get to soak in those fresh minerals Mm-hmm. And just be surrounded by like this is heaven where where this is this is heaven on earth mm-hmm. you know like this is it yeah this is it I mean I don't know <laughs> what else it was mm-hmm. one of those 
like moments where you the universe and our energies and our combined will and and different decisions added up to this like beautiful moment that neither one of us could have created or imagined or planned for we definitely did not plan for any of that and we couldn't have and I think that that was probably like the biggest point of magic right like like you said we were it was dusk it was getting dark I was getting scared (laughs) and I remember us like go traveling to the very bottom of like one of the valleys and being like we don't see any geysers here it's getting dark we need to be able to find our way home and like my fear around being in nature at nighttime is just like getting lost because should be looking different at nighttime right totally but I think that that's a wonderful segue actually into today's conversation because there is something so special about being in spiritual companionship with you Mm. Um, to be your partner is fantastic and it's wonderful and like we've you know there's been so much growth and so much to celebrate you know and I feel like over the last I would say definitely the last like three years really pointedly there's been a pretty um just a very distinct shift in how we relate to each other through our spiritual practices Mm -hmm. and so being in that mountain and trusting you with the experience of being in the dark together, of mm. walking into the darkness together, trusting that like we will find our way out mm. and that we will be safe and that we will be okay. And, you know, yeah, it, it, there's something to that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we got to experience that together. That was like, we were literally sitting on top of the world in some random geyser (laughs) which is like probably it's not it's random for us but not random for you know the mountain and the mountain yeah exactly it's been there well and I one thing I was when we were sitting there I was like how many generations of people have sat right here in this pool right and just imagining the waters have always ran Mm -hmm. to the degree that it's you know thank goodness for our protected lands and the efforts that folks are engaging in to continue to protect these natural environments it was wonderful to be in something so um unprocessed just and uncommercialized yeah commodified exactly there's a certain level of like being able to practice being in reciprocity with the land and the spirits who reside Mm, there Um, having to get creative about like how do I show my appreciation how do I sort of you know pay my dues as a human who is visiting here Mm -hmm. um, by getting into right relationship with this particular place so whether that's like you know watering the sagebrush um, that was surrounding us the entire time during the first half of our camping trip in Bridgeport um, or you know like gratitude as a point of reciprocity Mm -hmm. because I feel like oftentimes in like you know spiritual discourse online um I feel like gratitude is often used as like this like almost like a manifestation tool right it's like if you're grateful then like things will come to you and like that is true right that is totally true because at the bottom of that valley we were like you know kind of disappointed that we couldn't find a cute little 
you know, pool to sit in because it was just hard to find and it was getting dark. And it was right at that point where we were like, you know what? We feel so full and so happy and we're just happy to be here and we're ready to go home. Like we're, we're full just from the experience of being here. And it was literally at that point when we turned around, that's when we saw the open hot spring, right? And we got to enjoy the rest of, you know, sundown and like watch dusk sort of unfold into night. And so, you know, back to this idea of like gratitude as a point of reciprocity as Mm. like something that you can give back to the land, give back to the spirits who reside there not just like use it as a way to like get more shit you know what I mean yeah so it's a nice way to kind of recalibrate to this this thing that we call gratitude you know mm-hmm. and reorienting to that well the when you're talking about gratitude is actually making me think about the relationship with reciprocity being in right relationship understanding our interdependence with the land with the plants, animals, wings, legs, root systems, like all of this has to still be in some sort of harmony or synchronicity for us to even be able to enjoy this expression mm-hmm. of interdependence. I was like, so much is working right now yeah. for us to be able to sit here in this right. moment. It uh, really presents you. Being in nature really I feel like really presents me to really understanding how interdependent our world is and how not separate not separate or special Mm -hmm. um, I am from it but I'm actually part of this larger this larger ecosystem right and it's almost like gratitude is this like motor that kind of keeps that interdependent system going like when we express gratitude that is the actual thing that allows us to be in symbiotic relationship with the world and the land and the people around us um, and the creatures around us yeah I love that yeah I love that well thank you yeah I mean that was actually one of my that was one of my favorite moments too and I'm really glad that we got to enjoy that time together and since we're talking about being in the mountains Mm. I think yesterday as we were planning this conversation, um, we're just talking about what we wanted to chat about. We (laughs) landed on the metaphor of being at the top of Splash Mountain, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I would love to uh, segue there and start talking about that because like, you know, we went from that gorgeous experience of like being in this national park, in this natural mineral water, in this hot pool, and then having this gorgeous experience and the next day we were transitioning to our next stop towards um, the town of Columbia and we had decided to actually visit um, a few of the beautiful pristine lakes uh, in the area before going over on the Sonora Pass Mm -hmm. yeah and then you know the net just the term the next day it's like moment to moment next day something shifted It was a pretty dramatic shift. Yeah. I mean, we, so we were trying to go visit some of the the lakes, right? And we just wanted to hang out. I think we had some lunch, took some selfies. um, And we, I think we just wanted to like touch that water too. Um, Mm -hmm. It just looked so lovely. So I remember us like making some stops and uh, right as we were about to transition to just kind of 
take a I think it was like a short little hike or whatever before um before landing in Colombia I unfortunately had reception and unfortunately checked my <laughs> fucking email and, <laughs> and um yeah <laughs> unfortunately um that email was it just contained some some really hard news like it was hard news period to mm. receive um but it was just receiving that kind of difficult news via email and in a way uh it's like it's it's often not even what's being said right it's often the delivery and I'm so fucking sensitive to delivery that like Mm -hmm. it just really it, it totally fucked me up and it brought up some like it's hard to say like deep seated shit because like literally this was something that I hadn't even really like thought about that much I haven't given too much like thought or energy to for a really long time because Mm. this news essentially like brought up a bunch of like old ass memories of the people that I encountered the things that I went through um, with these people Um, and you know there's just something about the news of of death that really like brings up a lot of that stuff yeah that history that history right and then Mm. to be told like via email in this way it was just like a fucked up ass experience and I remember in that moment just like trying so hard to recalibrate I was like I'm not gonna let this take over my fucking day I'm not gonna let it take over my day and I think I got so caught up in the resistance of like I'm not gonna let this take over my day that like it actually ended up entirely triggering me and like Mm. I think I was laughing about this yesterday but like you know spiritual bitches be dissociating too (laughs) and like I was it was just such a hard moment it was such a hard moment and we were at the top of this mountain and at that point I was just like I don't even I don't even fucking care anymore like I just I just want to go I just want to leave and in the process of just kind of transitioning slipping into this like you know really triggered space and like struggling with like being in that space but also struggling because I wanted so badly to just like have that you know to leave that on the mountain Mm. to leave that at the top of fucking Splash Mountain and to just like go to our next destination and just leave that there. But, you know, as this impending Cancer New Moon would have it, um, that wasn't happening. I I couldn't, like this was the thing that I could no longer stuff down and I didn't even Mm. realize that it was something that was stuffed down there. I just left it there for so long. Can I add something? Yeah speak to something you're naming yeah well I would just say too is we had been in such a open heart yeah open space yeah so I just want to name that like when when I feel like I take the time or just a longer pause Mm -hmm. to slow down to regulate my nervous system to be surrounded by awe and wonder and magic Really, I, I think about my heart portal being very open. Right. And so to receive that news, 
And I get to say this in hindsight, right? Thank <laughs> like, God. Thank God. But, but to receive that news, mm-hmm. particularly you're like, I had no idea it unlocked a particular history and experiences and then narratives that really came flooding in. Right. And as much as you're, you, and I, and I think there was this collect, this experience of, um, not yet for me that we were at the top of Splash Mountain, but we were on a ride. We were right. on a ride and I felt like we were going up. Right. And we weren't actually sure what that, I think, I think being in relationship and being like, okay, we're in this place. Let's, cause I even went into some of my own modes of like, okay, change scenery. Okay. Get food and supplies, basic needs. Let's go to the next destination. Go, go, go. And Basically like, being a cat moon. <laughs> and like, I'm a Gemini moon, so I just need to talk about it. You know, <laughs> but also, you know, but then literally, like, like you said, having these like, oh, you are literally in almost a portal of both like, yeah, being so present to like this energy and what we've been cultivating and literally like having a part of you arise mm-hmm. almost like a sleeping giant. Right. Right. And and then us figuring out using our practices, whatever our past experiences were to accompany each other on the journey, though imperfect. But like to get over the past, we were literally on the top of the mountain right. and at 10,000 feet or 14,000 feet, mm-hmm. I believe. And and literally had to come down right. the mountain and right. figure out how to literally do that on a physical, emotional, spiritual level. Right. And I think that that's the essence of what we are talking about when we talk about spiritual companionship Mm -hmm. and, you know, being willing to not just walk into and be in the darkness together, in the absence of light together, but also being willing to, you know, go up and down Splash Mountain together uh, and so I think at this point, though, we should probably talk about what the fuck this metaphor about Splash Mountain really is. So we were talking about karma, right? Because yeah. I think in the last like couple of years, particularly in the last three years for me, I've experienced a lot of loss, um, just period, right? Like a lot mm. of death, a lot of loss, but also a lot of loss of really important friendships in my life, like that were really formative for me, really formative relationships. And, you know, as you witnessed, it was so hard Mm. to, to experience that separation, you know, cause I, I love my friends. I mean, I, I get into, well, I don't think I'm ride or die. Like, I think I'm trying to change my relationship to that, to that, you know what I mean? But what I am is like, I am, a loyal friend in the sense that if we have to like end things if we have to close things I want to do it right I want to honor what was you know what I mean and I just felt like there were so many moments where that could have happened and it didn't because mm. people were so in their own shit right and it's like that's not something that I can control it's not my fault it's I can't really do much about that right mm. but I do remember from that conversation we started talking about like when 
your ancestors when the universe removes you from people's lives in really abrupt or fucked up ass ways where you're just like why the fuck is this happening and like friendship breakups are hard i don't think our culture gives enough credit to like how fucked up and difficult friendship breakups really are like platonic but also in like kinship however we define that and because we're like queer folks too like kinship really fucking means something to us Mm -hmm. so having experienced so much of that and not understand like not understanding why right you just being like why the why why for like two years right just like not understanding that but then more recently things have really come full circle for me where I've you know I knew this like there was a part of me that understood this conceptually but it was it hadn't landed in my heart just yet it's right? hard to accept it is hard to accept it's only been a recent sort of like real heart understanding for me that when we get removed from people's lives in these fucked up ways it's hard to understand the why um, but now with the gift of hindsight I'm able to see like oh shit I was literally on Splash Mountain with these people who I was like trying to be in intentional kinship and relationship with right so that's the thing about karma is that sometimes you're in the way of somebody else's fucking karma you're in the way you're on that Splash Mountain log with them you're in the ride with them And if you're in that fucking Splash Mountain log with somebody, inevitably, when you go down that mountain with that person, you're going to get hit with that water. Regardless of where you're sitting in that log, you are still going to get wet. And so I am just looking back on like, oh, shit, like I literally just got plucked out of these out of other people's roller coaster rides. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And. There was something that you said about the, the like how sometimes folks will like get on their Splash Mountain ride, ask you to come along, um, and they think that they're like, you know, the ones who are getting the most wet because like, you know, they're sitting up in the front or whatever. But like actually what you mentioned was that some people will stack a bunch of people in front of them while simultaneously saying I'm the most wet person in this whole thing meanwhile everyone else around them is getting splashed yes stacking people in your log where folks may feel like okay this is my journey this is my karma this is my stuff and you know I've been that person that person like I'm gonna run up and get the first front log I'm gonna go head first and get at this and do my my work my inner work mm-hmm. you know and thank you so much for supporting me people come along that they got my back right thanks for being on this log, log with, with me, me. Y'all. you know we're gonna do this we're gonna journey and have fun and we're gonna scream together and in the moment or in that process self-perception can really get you because it's connected to your ego yeah. and so there are times where I think oh I'm getting in the front I got the front the front seat yeah and you're taking and when you say you're getting in the front seat it's like you're taking ownership over the fact that like this is my ride i'm inviting you to come along with me on this ride yeah yeah someone says they're doing that getting in that front seat come along with me but then you find out oh 
they're not actually in the front seat. They're so potentially self-absorbed or self-focused. They've actually put themselves in the very end and put people that they know or care about in the front right. to kind of take the majority of the water. Right. You know, and there's a couple times I will say, even when I've sat in the front, sometimes I've ducked and my second person in command right. has like right. gotten the, the, the biggest splash. Mm-hmm. But technically, when you sit in that front, you're like, I'm going to take the biggest I'm going to take the biggest splash. Like, right, right, because there. you said you want to go on fucking Splash Mountain. Yeah. You said. You said. <laughs> so I'm going to go. I'm going with you. Here mm-hmm. we go. We're giving this log. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in that moment at the top of that mountain that we were actually on, on, what I realized was, oh, my fucking God, I am still riding in somebody else's log. Mm. And, like, I was getting hit because of the way that they were communicating with me because of how they decided to engage me with really difficult news about somebody's death what i realized was oh my fucking god i am actually still on this splash mountain log that i thought i had gotten off of a long time ago like literally decades ago right. and i was still actually on it and so it was really fucked up and scary to realize like I am on a ride that I never that I thought I had gotten off of a long time ago and I'm being hit with like the biggest fucking splash right now because somebody is people stacking on their log I am being stacked along with all these other people so that I get the the biggest you know splash the biggest hit of whatever the impact of the news is, whatever the impact of the dynamic is, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads us to, or that really led us to think about this idea of like, what is spiritual companionship, right? Like, what does it mean to choose to go on a log with somebody Mm -hmm. and strategize like, okay, how are we going to ride this log together? Because we're both gonna get splashed like, I think that's kind of the, the thing that we have to accept around, like, right. you know, when you are, oh, shit, like, I, I'm putting a pin in this, but I would like to talk about <laughs> developing secure attachment as its own sp- spiritual pursuit, mm. right? Like, when we're thinking about doing yep. that, and when we're not just thinking about it, when we're actually... Putting it into action. Right, when we're actually putting that into action, what we have to accept is that you are sitting in someone else's log and they're also sitting in yours and inevitably when you go down splash mountain together y'all are both going to get wet to different degrees right but like there's kind of an agreement around like where do you want to sit in the log because this is my ride i want you to come with me you're going to get wet we're going to get wet together Mm -hmm. but like let's figure out how to how to be in this log together so that you know the the person who is inviting everyone isn't putting everyone in this fucked up position, right? Where like everyone else is getting hit but them. And I feel like I see so much of that, I think maybe this is what you were alluding to, but I feel like I see so much of this online now where people are exploiting their vulnerability. They're bringing a bunch of people onto their Splash Mountain log, right? Inviting them to watch me. Inviting them to watch. me. But then actually, they're not telling these people that they're inviting along, like, actually, you're going to ride this ride with me too, and I'm going to put you up front. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I think what our spiritual companionship has really taught me is that there is this difference between, like, 
um, exploiting your vulnerability and like making a show out of it for other people's consumption versus actually owning your vulnerability, agreeing with your spiritual companion to be witnessed in that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and asking them for their consent, Mm -hmm. right? Asking them to like come along um, because this is a part of, you know, your sacred healing, your sacred work. Like we can't do all of our spiritual work in isolation. So much of it happens through relationship Mm -hmm. and being able to explore that with you, being able to like be on this splash mountain ride with you and negotiate where we're going to sit at different times. Right. Cause we're, you know, depending on where we are in the ride, like we might want to switch seats, right? right? We're still on it, but we might want to switch seats. Yep when you get hard news or a challenging experience in your life, who do you turn to when you're in your darkness, Mm -hmm. when you're in your vulnerable spaces, who do you turn to or who just are you around? Because that can also impact that ride, what you let in in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so seeing the depth of your own spiritual practice. And then in the last three years also, diving more deeply into my own it's less about doing something right and understanding what really reflects or mirrors you know who I who I feel I am in the world and so I was just really conscious of both of us to a degree um, really relying into that that garden of, of trust that has gotten built because we've been able to share our spiritual practices you know with each other in terms of our journey understanding oh my practices are with me in these moments Mm -hmm. and they're also practices with you that help ground us or hold us we're creating a container for this exploration to happen right there's a kind of um, I'm going to continue on that that metaphor of like the garden there's something about just like landing in a particular I I feel like I've landed in a particular place in my life where I realized that like once I am on Splash Mountain like once I'm on that ride in that log that at that point it is too late for me to look around and be like okay who's going to be on this ride with me and so Mm -hmm. part of like tending to this like this garden tending to this ecosystem of this ecosystem of kinship ecosystem of community ecosystem of loving relationships right like tending to that garden year round has been a really important shift for me Mm. so that by the time I'm actually on that splash mountain ride I don't have to like shore up all my resources and prune while on this fucking roller coaster. You're not using the ride to sort out who's who. Exactly. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? When we are on the ride, we're not we're not at our best. We're not. You don't have access to all the things and reading all the books and like listening to all the things. That's kind of the point, too. You're li- yeah, in some ways, you're actually working that muscle that you've been cultivating little by little every day. Like, that's something that's been really important. Um, and applicable and when you've described in your practice how do I bring the sacredness to everyday life while being in the darkness there may be fear and worry and you're taking risks but there was also kind of a knowingness that we're going to get through well the knowingness is trust right 
and it's and it's not and I think also a releasing of judgment like no matter where we are in our spiritual journeys whatever it is we will continually the universe will continue to humble us like there will be things that I happen know that's right you know like because <laughs> if it truly if we actually really embrace like this is not a destination you know and really my practices actually help me be present to the world and stay instead of escape from the world right and I think that's what I love so much about you know this new book that I picked up uh, which I'll reference in another pod episode Uh, I haven't fully read it yet but yeah this idea of like going into the darkness without yearning for the light Mm. can we find spiritual companions who are willing to do that too Mm -hmm. and I feel like that is that kind of that's the kind of willingness that we have been showing each other um, and have been moving towards together. And that actually brings me to the the next part of this conversation. Before you shift to oh, the yeah. next part, can I just add one thing? Yeah. To, um, I just want to say and about being on the journey with you. It's very different and distinct than my experience of when I definitely trauma bonded with people. Oh my God. I just right, want to say right. the distinction to that because <laughs> yeah. if I don't, it could actually sound very similar, but right. there's, there's something where I actually feel not consoled by your vulnerability and trauma and resonance because like, Ooh, someone's been through it too. Like it, there's a, right, 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 right. And it's I, not now that. It's, and I feel it like, yeah, I almost feel like my, yeah, I'm not searching for validation of my own. Right. My trauma is not fodder for your, like, fantasies about, like, how you want to, like, be a hero or whatever. Yeah, or also, yeah. like, be just consoled. You mm-hmm. know, the the misery loves company. Kind right, of right, thing. right. We're the same, same. Got and it. I think that not to say, and I'm just naming, like, I've been, at, I've created relationships there, too. Oh my God, same. You know, so, so I guess I'm just trying to name like when I think about spiritual partnership, it is tapping into a larger, it's actually bringing my, all my relations in. Yeah. And that's who I'm walking with. Yeah. And so, you know, if, you know, your people and like your timeline means that, oh, here's a portal to this history that we thought we were done with and you know I'm trusting this process I'm trusting where we are and why it's happening right now um I can sit in the unknown with you and have whatever emotions arise but there's a degree of confidence I think or assured assuredness that I just want to name is is different than what I feel that I've done sometimes in the past when I'm just trauma bonding with other folks who are suffering. Right, right, right. I feel like this this whole thing around like getting on the fucking Splash Mountain log, the trust that does exist between us, like in our spiritual companionship, it feels like I not only trust you to like, you know, see me through 
this ride. Like, we're going to, like, see each other through this particular round, you know, on this ride. We're going to walk out off the ride. We're going to we're going to walk off, you know. So there's like that trust there. But there's also a trust that we will dry off, that there's going to be, you know, a time for us to, like, dry off. Uh, restore together um, rather than sitting in our wet soggy clothes all day and like just getting on the ride over and over over and over and over again again. (laughs) right 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 right. that could be a kind of train that could feel like community one thing I do appreciate about the dharma is that it had put into context my life suffering Hmm. if I actually work from the base you know the the three noble truths like life is suffering yeah (laughs) you know like that basic tenet then I'm like oh it isn't if I actually start from a place that I am not special in suffering right right everybody everything suffers and then that there's a way out of suffering right you know and so I think that that's or and and I wonder too like I mean and this is just me asking questions like I wonder if the point isn't even about like ending suffering but about how to be in right relationship to it yes as a natural component of life yes it's it's how to minimize that suffering but you're not ever going to eradicate suffering from the world or from yourself it's actually a human experience and i think that's the first noble truth around the name of life is suffering suffering is a vehicle yeah suffering is it's just it's there yeah it's gonna be there yeah you don't know and really understand the 10,000 joys mm-hmm. if you do not understand and experience the 10,000 sorrows. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you all for joining us for part one of Kalyanamita for the end of times. If you've made it to the end of this episode, I invite you to hop on over to part two to see how these threads get sewn together in the second half of this conversation. If you've enjoyed this format that I'm trying on, please let me know in the comments. I'd love to get more feedback on what y'all want to hear more of. As always, please remember to take good care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye for now.